0: Welcome to the Hermits Gaming Den, where we discuss video games. I'm your host, Deanna, and this is my co-host, Miracle. Hello. Our first episode will be about our favorite beat-em-ups and hack-and-slash games.
1: Firstly, what are beat-em-ups and hack-and-slash beat up is a video game genre where the player fights in hand-to-hand combat against huge crowds of enemies like in Streets of Rage, Castle Crashes, Golden Axe, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games from the 90s. It can get pretty chaotic. Hack and Slash is a subgenre of beat-em-ups. Those focus more on being melee weapon-based third-person action games like Bayonetta, Devil May Cry, No More Heroes, Nier, and so on go in that category.
0: My favorite hack and slashes are between Metal Gear Rising, Revengeance, and Nier Automata. In Metal Gear Rising, you play as Raiden, a cyborg ninja who confronts a private military company that wants to destabilize peaceful nations and preserve combat just for financial gain and the technological advancements reaped from the war economy. You play through 8 This game focuses more on fast-paced combat unlike the other games where you would prioritize stuff. Your primary weapon is a katana, but you can use other sub-weapons depending on your situation. You gain secondary weapons after defeating bosses. Rising has a unique cutting system called blade mode that allows you to engage in melee based combat and precisely slice enemies and objects into as many tiny pieces as your console can handle in any direction. Blade mode slows down time, so you can use this to your advantage. You can use this time to disarm enemies, literally, find weak points, deflect enemy projectiles, or cut through support columns to collapse ceilings and walls onto enemies. Entering Blade mode also allows you to do zantatsu, Cut and Take as it's known in English, which involves cutting open enemies and taking their energy or left arms. Be warned that blade mode reduces Raiden's energy to a point that it can't be used if it falls below a certain level. Raiden can also parry attacks from any direction, allowing him to launch a counter attack and perform multiple stylish combos on enemies. You also have a stealth mode called Ninja Run at your disposal, which allows you to run faster and climb. This lets you strategically ambush your enemies instead of taking them head on. At the end of each act, you will be rewarded points based on your performance and receive a grade, with S being the highest grade. These points allow you to upgrade aspects of riding, like health and energy, upgrade weapon damage and energy consumption, and buy new skills, weapons, or armor. These all enhance the gameplay but the heavy and fast paced music will get your blood pumping. It's short, but I believe it's worth your time if you're looking for a good hack and slash. In Near Automata, you play as a combat android 2B, her companion 9S, and the fugitive prototype A2 as they take part in a war between human crafted androids and alien machines through four main acts this game requires multiple playthroughs to unlock story elements this game also features gameplay elements such as platforming and bullet hell shoot-em-ups you can buy weapons like long swords sword shorts spears and gauntlets as 2b and a2 you can equip two types of weapons to use light attacks which are fast but weak and heavy attacks which are slow but powerful As 9S, you can only use one weapon to deal little damage, but can hack enemies to deal major damage or control them. You can customize the characters by equipping chips that can adjust their attributes like speed, health, or equip a time slowdown whenever you successfully dodge an attack, almost like Metal Gear Rising's blade mode. However, If you die, you lose your chips and have to recover them from your original body. If you die again before recovering your original body, you can permanently lose those chips. You can also do side quests for NPCs around the world to gain experience to level up, money or items used to upgrade equipment or give you a boost in combat. While the combat may not be as fun as Metal Gear Rising, it's... Eh, it's still just as engaging, in my opinion. The music also ranges from serene and whimsical to epic and dramatic orchestra to somber and desolate. I should warn the audience that this game is not for the faint of heart. Characters in this game will go through loss, depression, existential crises, and suicide. But I still recommend giving it a try if you can handle that.
1: My my personal favorite is Lollipop Chainsaw, Killer is Dead, and my all-time favorite beat-em-up, Charlie Murder. Lollipop Chainsaw is a comedic horror hack-and-slash developed by Grasshopper Manufacturer for the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. You play as Juliet Starling, a zombie hunter, on her birthday. Unfortunately, her birthday is won by a zombie outbreak and her boyfriend Nick is bitten. She then kind of saves him by cutting his off his head to prevent infection and doing a magical ritual to bring him back to life and attach him to her hip. While he's stuck, Juliet fights through hordes of zombies with her chainsaw. Throughout the game, you earn gold medals, which can be spent at shop2shop.zom stores for new movies, new moves, combos, and items that increase her stats. Platinum medals are earned during Sparkle Hunter, which is when she kills three or more enemies in succession or simultaneously. These can be used to purchase costumes, music, and artwork. You can also obtain unique tickets, which can you which you can use to activate the Nick Roulette that performs moves using Nick's disembodied hit. Julia can activate a special state that fills up her star meter, which makes it easier to kill zombies and obtain Sparkle Hunting for a limited time. This is one of my favorites because of its humor, gameplay, and its art style. I would recommend it for for anyone looking for a lighter of game in my list. Mindless Killing. Killer is Dead is another hack and slap game published by Kadokawa Games in Japan, Marvelous USA in the U.S. and Deep Silver in Europe. Written by Goichi Suda, more known as Suda51, you play as Mondo Zappa, an executioner who kills people infected by malice slash dark matter. Usually these jobs go by smoothly until he is assigned to kill David. The gameplay involves 12 missions that switches between short and long. Mondo fights using his katana and cybernetic gun arm. There are four types of missions, combat, retrieval, and the optional missions Scarlet and Gigolo. But you have to do the Scarlet missions to unlock the Gigolo missions. After each mission, you're awarded with a rank. Jingolo missions are different though. Mondo has to woo a lady by making eye contact and giving them gifts to fill the guts meter. These are completely optional, but they do give you weapon upgrades. This is one of my favorites because of its gameplay, story, and art style. I would definitely recommend it. but. I will skip on the gigolo missions if you're under the age of 18. And my favorite all-time beat-em-up, Charlie Murder, which is developed and published by Sky Studios and released on the Xbox 360 and PC. You have the options to pick between five characters, Charlie Murder, the lead singer, Lester Death, the guitarist, Tommy Homicide, the bassist, Kelly Skidney, the backup vocals, or the Rexecutioner the drummer. The story revolves around Charlie and his band trying to stop the apocalypse caused by his former bandmate, Paul, now known as Lord Mortimer. You fight Paul and his army of demons and zombies with light and heavy melee attacks, grabs, character-specific specials, and weapons you find. Mo also has group attacks. However, It does have some RPG elements, with each character being a different class and unlocking their NRC attacks by getting tattoos. And your in-game phone you use to manage inventory, level up, read emails, and scan QR codes that unlock items and give you money. You can then (laughs) use that money to purchase weapons and armor, food and alcohol, and tattoos. This is one of my favorites because of the gameplay, art style, and replayability. I would recommend anyone to try it out, so maybe they could release another game, but it's also rated mature because of the gore.
0: As for my favorite beat-em-up, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World would be mine. Scott Pilgrim started off as a graphic novel series written by Brian Lee O'Malley back in the early 2000s. I'll give a quick one through of the story. Scott Pilgrim falls in love with Ramona Flowers but has to fight and defeat her seven evil exes to be with her in peace while also facing the challenges and responsibilities adulthood throws at him and becoming a better person overall. The comic and the movie is full of references from video games like Mario, Sonic, Guitar Hero, and Mega Man. Now, you're not going to get much of the story from an arcade-style video game, but that's not the important part here. Scott Pilgrim, the game, was published by Ubisoft and released in 2010 for the PlayStation Network and Xbox Live Arcade. In the game, you and three other people have the option of playing as Scott, Ramona, his ex-girlfriend and drummer Kim Pine and his friend and lead guitarist Steven Stills. The players will fight their way through seven stages to reach and defeat one of Ramona's exes at the end. Seems simple enough until you get ambushed by waves of enemies that each do something different and gets harder the more people you have playing with you or the higher the difficulty setting. It can be hectic trying to stay alive, but it's a lot of fun.
1: The music is definitely a blast to listen to. It amplifies the gameplay. We recommend listening to the soundtrack and even listening to Anima Noguchi, the band that produced it.
0: Unfortunately, people can no longer purchase Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, the game, from the PlayStation Network or the Xbox Live Arcade. The game was delisted and removed back in 2014. But there has been some teasing about it. Back in May of this year, the film was being re-released back in theaters to celebrate the 10th anniversary. The film's director, Edgar Wright, along with O'Malley himself tweeted to Ubisoft about bringing the game back. I'd like to hope they bring it back on all platforms, but I don't think Ubisoft will do it. What do you think? I
1: doubt that Ubisoft will release this, will release Scott them again, usually once they make their decision they stick to it, unless by bombarded to do otherwise or they make a huge profit off of it. The game did not have that big of a fan base because it wasn't that well known or that much promoted like other games, but if the fans that do know the game bombard their Twitter, I think we could
0: get a re-release of it on newer consoles. Yeah, well, that's wishful thinking. Then again, it worked with Atlas and the Persona series. So, who knows. But I think we've just about covered everything we've wanted to talk about here. Thank you, audience, for tuning in. See you
1: next time.